What is good, everybody? Welcome to The Basement. First things first, if you ain't listened to episode 48, ain't nothing we're going to get off into here going to make any type of sense. So go back and listen to episode 48, then listen to this one, 48.2, or skip them entirely. I don't know. Do it. Do what you want to do. Or you can just jump in on this one and... and, and uh, and be be the person that that you are supposed to be as we walk down this path of life to towards towards greater enlightenment and correction to the what I think I said the wrong gin that purple gin I was drinking in the last episode is called Empress Empress eighteen hundred and I don't know I might make a swap if I'm gonna have a drink like if I'm not have just sipping on a beer at dinner time or whatever you know I like to have a vodka soda with a lemon preferred or just you know whatever uh, whatever La Croix is in the fridge, something like that. But the gin, gin soda with a lime, that Empress gin, uh, that, that, that might be a staple. That might be here to stay. But, but after I dropped, uh, after all this turmoil, if you listen to episode 48, after all this hoopla going back and forth with the fam, shit with my dad, I've been in just a weird headspace after to, to work it backwards, like dad fucking talking all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, before that, my grandma died. Uh, before that, my cousin died. Before that, my wife's grandma died. So it's just been... It's been in a weird headspace for like the last month. It's just been just oddities, just extremes. And then all the while, every day helping people buy houses. So it's just stress. I'm just dealing with other people's stress. And it's it's manageable. It's not my stress. I don't got to take on your stress. But every now and then, situations get a little stressful. Um, that, that That's just life. But I've been in a weird headspace. And when I dropped episode 48, I was just... It felt like a, a little bit of a relief. And it's like, yeah, let me just hold on. Let me let me get this info out here. And just just info, just a timeline. And you know, and then it's caused by niggas acting crazy. Like just to, oh my goodness. And then lying, telling up stories to other relatives. This is my dad, he's in Minnesota, like just making things up and then running with his own storyline, because I'm refusing to talk to him. Like his first First thing off rip, he says to me after he found out I grabbed some pictures was um, uh, just it was it, it was nasty. Like okay, and just a text message, no questions, not not nothing, just you dirty dirty greasy motherfucker, some some shit like that. So just just interesting when all the while like I I I'm just trying to to get a picture <laughs> and. Uh, I don't know I, I I'll break it down in the podcast a little bit more, but but things been been wild. So last night I uh, I took a trip and talked to the universe, and the universe presented me to me for hours. Uh, I did a little bit of channeling, as you know. We uh, I like to rehab the body, and really took some hours to to stretch and get some deep tissue work in, just some pinpoint. Uh, just, uh, just some feel good release, release some stress and tension and, and where, where I was holding on to, to pain and uh, old pain and just situations. And it just, it, it walked me through, uh, and in no particular order, just different times of, of my life and just, just, Hey, remember this, remember who you are, remember where you came from, remember the people who've been in your life, who have shared kindness and smiles 
and welcomed you into their home and you've been able to eat at their tables and it, it just put me in a, a very loving place. Now think of think of your output to, to, to that energy and what you were able to, to work through and accomplish with the amount of love that you have in your household and to give, just give that opportunity for people to be safe and always have that sense of familial familiarity throughout life, just ah, home, love. And I was just, it just poured into me. And then it got, uh, I, was, I was just hanging out in the backyard for, for a few hours, and then it got a little distracting out there, a lot, of, a lot of traffic and neighbors out making some noises. So brought it inside, did some, some deep, deep, deep body work, deep tissue work, some, some very contorted stretching. Oh, boy. And then uh, ultimately ended up uh, stretching the back out. There's a little thing called a sew right. Uh, I don't really know how to explain it. Kind of like back traction, kind of like a stretch, kind of like a, a, I don't know, a, a pressure pusher. It's not like a pinpoint pressure point, but the so right, P-S-O-R-I-T-E. So right, check it out. It's, it, it's, a good, it's a good little tool I like having in the bag. That's, uh, it's mine and Cody Rodriguez's. Uh, he bought it. I have it. So it's, uh, but I use that every night, and I would use it in conjunction with heat, on the lower back, I just, I just carry a lot there. I mean, that's where the, the root of all my pain stem from is, is a herniated disc between uh, L4 and L5 in the lumbar. So the lower back is just always inflamed, always a problem. Some days better than, than others. Uh, sometimes other things happen. I slipped four, four ribs out of place in the last, I don't know, at this point it's probably been eight months. But they were kind of, I slipped one. And then, uh, did I say four? I think it was three. But two of them were like back-to-back, days apart. And then one was a, a few months later, which was, I don't know, maybe like six weeks ago from now. So I slipped some, some ribs at it. Maybe it happened one other time. I don't know, just the, the injuries are just so, so constant, so nonstop. I just try to, to just keep my head in a, in a good spot and, and move on and push forward. But to get to the podcast... This is uh, some open letters. Uh, after my wedding, I mentioned the conversation. At my wedding, I mentioned a conversation I had with my pop, and he sent me a letter. And it's it's ten pages. Uh, it's, it's grammatically not great, so it, it's 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 tough to read. It's just it's difficult to look at this, the sentence structure and the the wrong words and just the just non-edited paper, like at all. Like you, you do not pass. You that's oh, I maybe give you a D if I'm just trying to get you get you through as as uh, as an English teacher or something like that. But but goodness gracious, so I get it. I get that letter, and then there's also um, a letter back that I wrote to my dad, and then it kind of goes from there. And and I hope wraps everything up with this this situation between episode. I don't know. 45 and, and 48, I think that's just a great, great synopsis of just how I grew up and where I came from. And we've barely even starting to scratch the surface. We're still digging through kind of my psychology and bullshit as we, we build the podcast and start working towards things that I've actually done and uh, hopefully can, can validate some of the things I say a little bit more often, all while dropping, uh, dropping some more lectures along the way and getting, you know... I, 
you know, pandemic stuff is kind of loosening up. We're going to get some more people in the basement um, holding on to, uh, shout out Tyler Lopez. I got his roadcaster. It's a piece of mobile podcast equipment. So uh, just waiting on the right timing to get something to jump off. Uh, anyways, here's, here's some open letters, man. Mama sat me down a few years ago Said I'm sorry for the things that I used to do I said, Ma, it's okay, I still love you Still love you It was good seeing you and your new wife You know I've always told you she's a very good person And that you should never let her go so I'm very happy you chose her. I would like for you to share this letter with your mother as well. There will not be one lie in this. You brought up some things that I guess we need to talk about. You said that I was supposed to pick you up while you were living in Blaine, and I never showed up and didn't hear from me for five and a half years. Well, first of all, I never promised you anything that I did not come through for you. I was always there trying to be the best father I could be. People have selected memories, but that is not me. If you were waiting for me and I did not show up, then I apologize for that, but I don't believe I did that. The last time we saw each other, right before Tracy and I got together, you were, you were over must have been June 93. I just got my Bronco. For some reason, you always wanted to leave, called your grandparents up crying to come get you due to the fact you could not reach your mother. So since this is out there, I could never reach your mother either always moving, changing her phone number, in and out of marriages or whatever, the issue would be. I always had to chase and find you. I would call, and as soon as your mother heard my voice, I was hung up on. I wanted her and I to have a good relationship when it came to you. I wanted her and I to have birthday parties for you together, but she always declined, saying I would beat up her boyfriend or husband. Any excuse to make it sound like I was the bad guy. I explained to her many of times we need to stand together when it comes to our son, not be enemies. And again, loud and clear, if I want to have a party or something for you, don't include her and she was not going to include me in anything. I reached out numerous times to you, mother, for her and I to have a good relationship when it came to you, but for some reason I was the one. The best term for me to use when it comes to your mother on my part is insanity meaning doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I'm not calling anyone, anyone insane. i just using that word. These are things that you should remember. Every school year, I took you clothes shopping. Every Christmas, clothes, bikes, big wheels, Walkman. Now I bring up this not to brag about, but to explain. I wanted my money to go towards you, not child support. I wanted to be able to do those things for you, and I also asked, told your mother... Let's not ever go to court about things. Whatever you need, just ask me. I'll be more than happy to give rather than going to court for child support. Again, she disappeared, and I did not know where to find you. And of course, her excuse was, I could call her mother if I wanted to find you guys. I said, WTF, you should let me know so I can be a father. My point is, it is now October, and I have no clue where you are. I get papers to go to court for child support, in which it has your new address and telephone number on it. So I called and asked why 
You're always moving. I can never find you. How can I be a father? So I ask, why do you want my money, but you don't want me in his life? And of course she said, I never said I don't want you in his life, but I need help with money. So in 93, you started school without me, without me taking you shopping because I could not find you and I should not have to hunt you down. So I'm very pissed at the entire situation. I can never find you. Whenever I call, I get the phone slammed in my ear. So I said, fuck it. Called the answering machine, picked up, and I'm sure she was listening. And I said, fuck you. Fuck him. I no longer want to be in this situation. Just leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. I don't remember exact words, and I'm sure it was a lot worse than that, just saying fuck off. Now, I'm sure you're saying, well, you should pay child support, and I don't disagree, but there's a whole lot more to it than just paying, and in today's world, child support is different. They take into consideration how much you have the, chi- how much you have the child and a lot of other things. I've written many letters, letters to judges over the years explaining how unjust child support is and the amount they take from the absent parent. The way child support is set up, the absent parent can't be a parent. It's too much. It hurts both the non-custody parent and the child more than it helps. So I'm sure I wasn't the only non-custody parent complaining, and I'm sure glad they have changed the way they take child support. They help in today's rather than hurt. Well, anyways, my point is, and I know you remember going to Sesame Street Live and to many other things, so when I pay child support in the old manner, you cannot do those things. You can visit your absent parent, but that all you can afford but that's all you can afford is to visit. I get these labels put on me that are untrue. I was accused of being jealous, controlling, violent, just being a very nasty person, all by your mother and her parents. I spoke with your mother a few years back and I explained to her that I'm not a jealous person and I'm not. But when I'm with someone, that person should not be saying how good-looking someone else is. I consider that very disrespectful, among other things. We all look at other people. It's natural and say mostly to ourselves, look at the tits on her. And we say that to ourselves unless we're with our boys. Now I'm going to close this sentence with this. How would you like if your ex-wife decided to post on Facebook pictures of you and her for you and your new wife to see? How would that make you feel? But more importantly, how would your new wife feel about seeing that? My point being respect the one respect the one you're with. I'm blamed for being violent. Tracy and I have been together for 23 years now. Never a hit laid. While your mother has been to jail a few times for domestic violence. I'm not saying I'm innocent when it comes to your mother and I, but you can't put the entire blame on me. Yes, me and your mother had fights. Some of it was my fault, and you also know some of it was your mother's fault. We are both guilty. Your mother claims she was abused by me. Ask her how many times did she attack me just out of the blue. One day she came over to my house while pregnant with you. Your grandmother out in the car. Before I knew it, your mother was all over me. Now here comes your grandmother yelling and screaming. What did he do to you? Again, I'm being blamed for your mother jumping on me. But again, I'm the violent one. Your grandparents always tried to undermine me. They tried to take my fatherhood from me. I called your mother up one day and asked, what does Daniel need so I can pick him up some stuff? She told me you needed some shoes. I said, okay, I get paid on Friday and I'll call so we can meet up. All was well. I called Thursday and asked, what do you want to do in regards to getting his shoes? Your mother responded by saying to me, my parents already got his shoes. What kind of man would do that to another man, especially to a father? 
I'm glad that your grandfather treated you good, but he treated your father like I did something to him. I have respect for the dead, but Gary was just a prejudiced asshole towards me. Never wanted me to give any respect and tried... Never wanted to give me any respect and try... Any respect tried and my have accomplished taking my son from his father. And I hope he's burning in hell. I hope when God asked him, why did you treat Mr. Odin so bad? And that made the difference between heaven and hell. I'm sorry for those words, but this letter is all about the truth. After being apart for five and a half years, you and I, I welcomed you to my home with open arms, 1998 Christmas. I told you that you're old enough. Here's my phone number and you can call whenever you want. I told you you're old enough now to make your own decision. And if you want to have a relationship, the door was opened. No matter what, your mother knows all I ever asked of her after we broke up was for her and I to be friends for the sake of you, and for some reason she didn't want it. And it goes even deeper. She asked me to give you up for adoption to her husband at the time, Jerry, I believe. This shit goes very deep. Why am I the one who was treated like an outcast? Your graduation party, your 18th birthday party, I told you to invite whoever you wanted. Your mother, grandparents, whoever, and you did, and they all came. That is what I always wanted for our families, to be able to get together without any issues. And it happened due to me having the heart to assure you were happy. I know you remember your graduation party. I said to you, do you know who will be the first to leave? And you said, and you said someone. I said no. Then you said my grandparents. I said yes. Gary's too good to be around blacks. And yes, he was the first to leave. Now, after you were born, all of a sudden, no one wanted me around, meaning your grandparents, your grandmother writes me a nasty letter asking me to not come over. If I wanted to see you, it would have to be at my house. I was no longer welcome in their house. Now, this comes out of nowhere. Your mother and I were getting along, so I thought I was trying to be the best father I could be at 18, ready to go to college on a football scholarship. No job didn't need one at the point in my life. It was all about football. Then all of a sudden, your mother is playing a disappearing act. I have you at my house for three days without any phone calls, without diapers, with formula. So the brain starts working. WTF is going on. So I waited outside of the house, waiting for your mother to come home. And here she is with Mark Nelson, who she describes as guy. Maybe that means gay. So my point to her is, oh, he's such a nice guy, 21 years of age, better your mother at the time, 17. Still in high, still in high as a baby, so what type of guy is he? Well, anyways, I bring this up because everything will come together. See, I didn't leave you and your mother. She left me. Your grandparents did everything in their power to get me out of the picture. You see, a white boy come into the picture. We need to get this black man away, is what happened. Remember the letter I told you your grandmother had wrote? Never mind that. I'm your father. Never mind. You will be my son until one of us dies. And they and I should, should say Gary was having a white family. Now, I'm not downing the man for this. I want black grandchildren as well, but it was the way they went around it. As soon as a white boy came around, let's get Michael Odin out of the picture. Gary did everything he could in his little power that made him think he was a mighty man. Made sure your mother got a mobile home in Apple Valley, Farmington, or wherever it was. Did everything he could to make sure he had a white boyfriend, make sure she had a white boyfriend and husband. 
Neither Jan nor Gary ever asked if there was anything that they could do to help your mother and me out. Never once lend a hand to help me in any way. But when she and Jerry were going through their fights and breakups, they were there to try to keep it together. As I go through life, and I am a very strong believer in Christ, and there is a Bible verse that says, Vengeance is his. I was going to beat the shit out of Gary, ready for combat, and the Lord spoke to me just as clear as the letter is. Said, Michael, don't worry. I got this. I said, WTF. And then Gary got a $20,000 raise on his job. Now I'm really pissed, and I prayed. I prayed that God said, and God said, don't you worry. I got this. This was 1986, and I'm fuming, and I prayed, and God said, don't do anything. I got this. Well, God always does things on his terms and at the right time. Gary lost his job. Gary may, not, Gary may have not struggled, but life has just go tough. See, God is such a mighty God. I knew your grandparents' outcome and your mother's outcome 30 years ago. See, you don't treat people like shit and expect to reap the fruits. It does not work that way. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but I asked you when your grandmother passes away, what is Gary going to do? Have her stuffed? Now, I wasn't making a joke. I was saying what God showed me. Your grandmother donated her body to science. And on her deathbed, who did she ask to call her? Me. I knew Gary had to suffer. You don't take a person child from them. And he paid the price, died a lonely man. Daniel, you have to understand why I'm putting all this in this letter. You have to know everything. I told you little by little, but I'm letting everything out, not holding anything back. That is why I'm also asking you to share this letter with your mother. Your mother in and out of relationships, in and out of marriages, her and George living in the same house, but they don't communicate. I see at your wedding they didn't even come as a couple. I'm not saying I'm... I was the innocent one when me and your mother were a couple. I was a man of the world, but she first decided to mess around with this dude. She knows she did it, so at the point I did whatever I wanted to do and did not give a fuck. She broke the bond, and I didn't care after that. It was brought to my attention back in 1999 after we started to build a relationship that you had lost a lot of weight at some point in your life. that you were very upset that I was no longer in your life. You had to seek a little counseling. I bring this up for a few reasons. You never told me and your mother, you, you never told me and your mother never told. Your mother told someone in my family in 1999 about this. So I said to myself, is this woman that heartless that she couldn't even call me to let me know my son is yearning for me? I know I said I never wanted to ever hear from you again, but your mother owed it to the both of us to call me. She didn't have to let you know she called. And she could have called, but the ball put the ball in my court. And if I decided not to see you, then it's all my fault. But to never call to advise of a situation is just too much to comprehend. What type of person is this? Now let's talk about recent events. I'm not sure who you are. A few times I should have cursed you out, but I'm going to let you know how I feel about things. First, you have the right to be who you want to be. But who is this person? Who are you? Five or six years ago, you became a very different person, a person without goals, a person without direction. I feel that you have turned your back on black people. I look at your Facebook page a few weeks ago and I see Blue Lives Matter. I was so mad looking at your Facebook page and seeing that. I spoke with you in regards to 
Trayvon Martin and how it was his fault that Zimmerman that it was his fault that Zimmerman killed him. We can't have cops killing people and we can't have people killing cops, but we cannot say blue or black. All lives matter. When you say blue lives matter, you're saying fuck the blacks. When you say black lives matter, you're saying fuck the cops. So my question is, and you have to look at it this way, if a cop killed your child that is unarmed of a so-called want to be killed your unarmed child, how would you feel? I hear that you wanted to kick my ass. I heard that you saying how much smarter you are than myself. First of all, if you want to fight me, call me up. I'll purchase a one-way ticket for you due to the fact it would be the worst mistake of your life trying to fight me. And I hope that you're not that stupid to try. Second about being smarter. I hope you are smarter than me. But in what way are you smarter? I hear you're smoking weed, using steroids, and an alcoholic. So if those things make you smarter than me, I'll accept being stupid. Now, our last conversation on Facebook, you said it was a joke. Everyone who read it has come to the same conclusion I did. Telling your father that he wants or should suck a dick is a joke, then I'd rather spend the rest of my life crying. That is no joke, and that is something that I should have never been, should have never been said to your father. I really feel sorry for this world. No direction. When people think gay is all right, it is sick. And I'm going to ask you a simple yes or no question. I've asked this question to gay people as well. And I'm asking you now, and you can only answer yes or no. Do you want your kids to be gay? Yes or no only. What's funny about it, even gay people answer the question, no. So it's not about being an old dog. It's about being true to myself and true to God. I'm not trying to win any awards. I don't support homos. But in the same tone, I want everybody to be true to who they are, gay or straight. But don't expect me and others to like and others like me to smile like it's okay. I'm not going to change. Here are my feelings towards you right now. I love you and I pray for you each and every night, but I also feel very disrespected by you. I'll explain. You very much remind me of your mother, confused. Just out there, so I'm trying to figure this all out. You have changed your name, so again I ask who you are. You want to support faggots? Blue Lives Matter? Who are you? I'm not trying to make you mad or upset, but I feel you're taking right after your mother, just out wandering lost. Maybe I'm wrong, Maybe I'm wrong, but that is what I'm seeing, and I'm not trying to be a jerk or an asshole. But again, I ask who you are. Who are you? I never wanted to talk... I never wanted to talk about your grandparents, but again, hearing you speak on Gary at your wedding made my skin just itch. When it comes to Gary, I want to piss on his grave, and I never thought I could feel that way about anyone. He is one lying, dirty, prejudiced bastard. Daniel, I apologize for some of this, but I had to speak the truth and let the truth out. If you like to call and talk, be my guest. If you want to keep things the way they are now, that's cool too. I feel... I feel you owe me an apologize for speaking to me the way you did, and with me, nothing will change until an apologize happens. Maybe I, too, may need to apologize for some things. The door is open, but it, too, can be closed. I'm still your father. Daniel, share this handwritten... Don't share this handwritten portion. I loved your mother, but was never in love with her. She has an excuse why she did some of the things to me, saying, I would not let go. We broke up June 85. I never stalked her in any way. The only thing 
I'm guilty of is calling and trying to be in your life. And yes, I asked her to be friends, not foes, but she always wanted to accuse me of not letting her go. There was too much pussy out there to be worried about one girl. And that is what happened. Never stalked, never fought anyone, beat up anyone, but was involved, anyone she was involved with. So I ask, is that the person who, so I ask, is that a person who couldn't, who could not let go? And the letter back from me to my dad. Father of mine, thank you for attending our wedding. I'm sure it was a budgetary strain with the last minute decision. For you, so for you to take the time and spend the money was meaningful, especially with the status of our relationship. I also appreciate the time you spent to write me. This is a way forward. My mother is troubled right now, so I will share this with her in due time. You claim there to be not one lie, but there is nothing but misconstrued and confused thoughts with zero accountability that needs to be cleared up. I will address this paragraph by paragraph with the hopes you open your eyes, mind, and heart to who I am and how I feel. The first half of your letter are all things I know from your perspective. I have close to an eidetic memory, so I remember all of these things told through time and so much more. There's no common ground between your story and my ma's, so I let my childhood remain a masterful disaster and let it go. It made me strong. Quite frankly, I'm the strongest person I know. As far as your misremembrance of the day you were to pick me up, well, it's very clear to me. I sat on the front stoop of the apartment building for hours. I watched my friends play, refused to join them because my dad is coming, and watched the sunset alone. Then I cried. It was then I realized the world is cold and people don't do what they say they will or what they're supposed to do. Since then, I've always done what I say I will do and what I'm supposed to do to the absolute best of my abilities. Thank you for the lesson in integrity. It has done me well. A child, a baby boy who barely knows his father, cried for his mother. That sounds natural, yet you deflect upon me as, as my fault. It, <clears throat> that sounds natural, yet you deflect that upon me as my fault. Did you soothe me? No, you left me in an apartment with your girlfriend and who, her two kids while you went to the gym or wherever. Why would I not cry? I accept that perhaps it was hard to get a hold of my ma, but only to a certain point it is acceptable for you to not get a hold of me. At what point did you give me your number and say, keep this somewhere safe? Explain to me the situation was going poorly. Tell me how you felt and that you wanted to be there. Never. And until my wedding, we never had an actual conversation, albeit one-sided. For 15 years, we talked about NFL, Classic MBA, guns, weaponry, and bitches. How superficial is that? Custody laws are, were, absurd. I get it, and I have no argument or leg to stand on. But that's not my issue. My issue is time. You think I give a damn about material things you purchased? I do not. I give a damn about the time that was missed, for whatever reason. 
There's a lot of projecting of your teenage relationship upon me, and somehow you attempt to tie in my previous marriage, which ended 10 years ago, which I'm not tracking. If she put pictures online of us, one, I wouldn't see them as we don't associate with one another, and two, it, it would be upsetting, but more so just strange. If, if that situation were to occur, my wife would probably be upset, but not at me, just at the situation. We, we generally don't misdirect hostility. I'm not fully connecting that one, nor its place in this conversation. You know, I know, and even my mom knows, that she's, she's a little kooky. She had a messed up childhood involving a father who walked out and molestation from her brothers, which really screwed up her relationships with men, including y'all's childhood love affair, which bred me. A mistake. Yet here you are, 31 and a half years later, deflecting any sort of accountability of who you were at that time. I was no angel. That's your famous line. Stealing, robbing, street fighting, and more. All on the regular. Yep. No angel, indeed, with a reputation to match. Perhaps as a father of two beautiful daughters years later, you would have the open mind to realize perhaps my grandfather didn't want you around his daughter, much like you don't want my sister's baby daddy around her. Hmm. How about that? Yet you pull the race card rather than realizing perhaps it was something else. I've never met a more loving, caring, smart, nurturing man than Gary Dreyer. That is the righteous man who set my example. He is the only person to never forget my birthday. Or for those who didn't forget, he was the only one to call every single year. My grandfather died alone, not lonely. And there is far more to his final chapter than you need to know. Come to December 26th, 1998, our first meeting in years. I'm still a child, almost 14, barely with hair on my nuts. Yet it was up to me to drive the relationship? No, sir. You be a father. You drive. But you're the hero who attempted to bring these families together. If that's what you're claiming, all right then. My grandmother wasn't well. Did you expect them to stay and drink and party all night in 2003? You phrase it as if they left within an hour when they were there for several hours. You pick and choose your Bible verses as they fit your thoughts, not as an entire work of literature. Your book also teaches forgiveness, humility, compassion, and love. Yet here you are, treating me like shit and expecting the fruits of a grateful son. My favorite quote is, People will never do as good as they should, only as good as they can. And I do not believe that you have done as good as you can with your firstborn mistake. Furthermore, I denounce your God. I tried to be a Christian and was never more lost because it's all bullshit control mechanisms. Mind control for the masses passed down and will and will soon die like all other ancient religions and future civilizations will study it with laughter. In order to be a Christian, you have to accept the entire Bible as fact. And it's ever so clearly painted by man, in man's eyes, with ancient Middle Eastern train of thought, short-sighted and foolish. I do not accept the nonsense your religion teaches as a whole. Whatever you heard via the telephone game is fallacious. I was a little chubby until I hit my growth spurt in the middle of fifth grade. I grew into my baby weight, later my feet, then teeth, and my ears after that. And I still haven't grown into this dick. That's a joke. I never went to counseling. After attending six elementary schools, I had a hard transition and was speaking with Mr. Mike Troy, rest in peace, the school guidance counselor, at the beginning of the school year to help my adjustment. But it's all about you, right? Now recent events. A few times you should have cursed me out. For what exactly? A little expansion would help. 
I didn't change five or six years ago. You're failing again to take to accountability who you, when you got involved with the cult you attend, which was five to six years ago. The only change I've made is in February 2015, just before I turned 30, I had a significant life-altering event that led me to see and feel true, pure love while letting go of all anger and hostility from my childhood. I saw the world through love's eyes, as opposed to the way you view the world, jaded. Pause. Um, That was a mushroom experience. Back to the letter. It's comical how tunnel visioned you are. You see a background picture with Blue Lives Matter and decide, and decide for me that I turned my back on black people, yet fail to look any further. My profile picture, you know, the main picture, said hashtag Philando Castile, the innocent black man who was murdered by police on July 6, 2016 in Falcon Heights, Minnesota, which caused me to lose sleep, as did Oscar Grant, as did Eric Gardner, as did Deacon Jones. Uh, Last name actually escapes me. It could have been Deacon Smith, Uh, the black man who was strapped to a chair in a holding cell and tased over and over by multiple offers till his heart stopped sometime around 2006 or 7. May they all rest in peace. So with those two pictures up at the same time, I wasn't saying fuck anyone. I was saying love everyone. Not that this has anything to do with this, but I've since changed my stance on Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman as someone posed a quality argument, which I now accept. Trayvon had a right to stand his ground as well. I'm a I'm man enough to rethink things and change my mind as thoughts are allowed to be changed. I have attached one of many, many, many conversations about race relations in this nation. I'm a diversity activist in the Air Guard and associate myself with all people, Negroes included. My engagement party was nothing but a house full of niggas. If you think my wedding was a bit whitewashed, well, all the niggas ain't show up, even Marcus. Dad, do you think that cable guy is Mexican or native? I don't know, Daniel. I don't judge people. I took that to heart that day you said that, circa 2002. Yet all you do is sit in your throne and cast judgment on things you don't know about. Must be a comfortable seat. If my unborn child was unjustly murdered, I would want justice, proper justice, and that is what I speak out for, the broken system. Perhaps if you were not so sensitive and remained friends, or even better, a father, you would see all the pro-black and anti-injustice posts I make, at the same time showing respect for those good peace officers who do their job with integrity and positivity. But no, you view pictures and judge your favorite pastime. Whatever you heard, you didn't hear it from me. And I never once stated I wanted to kick your ass. The thought never entered my mind, still hasn't, and never will. Whomever said that flat out lied. To a point, my sister was so worried, she asked me about it. And that's senseless. I never said how much smarter I am than you. I said to one person that you're not smart with your outlook on many things, or something along those lines. Again, the telephone game. In case you forgot, let's rewind to February 2014 when this bullshit occurred. I made a pro-gay marriage main post, which you replied and called me sick. In fact, your exact phrasing was, I think my son is sick. I responded with, Dad, I love you for the complete hobophobe you are. And then a Joe Rogan joke saying, unless you secretly think dicks taste delicious, you should have no problem with the gays. To thy own self be true, that he who is without sin cast the first stone. King James is a documented homosexual. Nowhere did I tell you to suck a dick. Now, had I known we moved to a place in our relationship beyond shit-talking, I would have 
rewarded the response to my sickness. Then you called me a piss-poor excuse for a son. Well, last time I checked, since you re-entered my life, I've called you regular just to bullshit, rarely ignored your calls, and called you right back as soon as I was available. Took you out for birthdays, Father's Days, and got you a gift, and was one of two people by your side during my stepmom's cancer surgery. Yet I'm a piss-poor excuse from a son. Wow. If that's true, it's a direct reflection of you as a father. But I'm a stand-up man, a good man, who takes accountability and was shocked at your cowardness. Pick up the phone. You made a mockery of yourself and this family with that public display. Everyone I speak with is astounded at the response from a father after some shit talk in a shit-talking family publicly on the internet. One cannot logically give a yes-no answer to an illogical question that is out of control of oneself. Do you want your children to be born left-handed? With blue eyes? What the fuck are you even talking about? Newsflash. Gay is all right. In fact, your longtime best friend is gay. Big white dude with red hair? I don't know. As a black man, you should empathize with civil rights or lack thereof towards a population of American citizens. If you asked a gay person that and they actually answered no, but you don't leave room for expansion, for starters, that's not a progressive dialogue. And furthermore, the no is likely due to persecution from people like you. And I mean that as negatively as possible. Save your prayers to your imaginary being. I don't want nor need them. Your precious book was used to enslave black people for centuries in this nation. Oh, but you don't mention that part of Leviticus. The part where man may own man as his property and do with him as he please. So slaves became Christians. Modern day slaves. Yet I have turned my, black, my back on black folk. That's rich. It is impossible for you to make me mad. Let me rephrase. I don't get mad. I'm not mad at you. This is just par for the course for you. You're transparently, you are transparently a lost, angry, hostile, and aging man. I have direction. I have goals. And moreover, I have morality and people who love me and accept me with my flaws. If you ever once took the time or effort to ask, perhaps you would know what all of those things are and know me a little better. But your throne sits too high to hear me. You're clearly uneducated on marijuana, and all the literature is available. You're okay with drinking, last I knew, which is far more detrimental than marijuana, which leaves you nothing to talk about. If you're a tad bit curious, my back is so bad I have trouble getting out of bed some mornings. That's right, I'm a disabled veteran. Marijuana helps ease my back pain. I grew up unstable, and that left me with anxiety. Every now and then I have an anxiety attack. Marijuana eases my anxiety. I hope you get educated because the pros, cons on a developed brain for both medical and recreational use is astounding, and there is absolutely no logical reason for the substance to be illegal. It's all big pharma. If you would open your mind, I recommend the documentary Culture High. It's very eye-opening. I have used steroids in the past, at low doses, in order to build the muscles in my back and to build my quads and knees, to build my quads as my knees are also shot. I'm cautious, educated, and do not prolong use. I use medical doses or less. Your views on marijuana and steroids are that of what has been drilled into the, drilled in by the media and government as opposed to the truth. Again, I hope you get some education. Alcoholic, I don't know where you got this information from, but it's laughable. I know throughout my 20s while serving on active duty as a gritty aircraft mechanic, I liked to party, and that came with the territory. But since 2013, I drink a vodka soda or beer once a week at the very most. I get a little drunk, not wasted either, no more than quarterly. 
During football season, perhaps bump those numbers just a bit. A bit. My name is Odin Daniel Rain. I changed my name because I do not relate to you, and I wish not to pass your name along. However, it is, you are, a part of me. So I sandwich my given name with my two last names. We are nothing alike outside of mannerisms. You claim to not know me. Well, I know you, and you are hateful, controlling, and manipulative. My ma told me what you tried to have her tell me when it came to my grandfather's house as I was leaving active duty, and I still fuck with you after that. You have entire conversation of things you don't like. Even one Christmas morning, you were complaining how the bacon was too salty, and everyone, including the youngest person there, was like, what? This is delicious bacon. I'm pretty sure you're still pissed off about the Reagan administration. Take a lesson from Princess Elsa and let it go. It's okay to change. You fail to realize that because your pride and ego are just too large. I owe you no apology for simple smack talk. You owe me an apology for not being there for me as a child and as a man, but I'm not requesting one. Your son, Daniel. So those letters were exchanged fall 2016, and then summer 2017, I received a package. This package had uh, some all my pictures off the wall, um, some military stuff that was around my dad's house, uh, like a, a random T-shirt that my ma had printed in the 80s when I was born, in 85. It says, I love my daddy, and it's a picture of me. So I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll give that to my sons. Yeah, maybe that'll be cool. But uh, bear with me. This is, this is handwritten, and it's, it's tough to read some of the stuff, but this was the note that was in that package uh, from summer 2017. Here are a few things that are not part of my life or home decor. I hope all is well with you and the family. I wish all good things in life, but you have turned into a major disrespectful person. So in my home, I don't want anything that I that will make me think about you in any way. And if I have anything else that belongs to you, I'll send it. This will be my very last words in life to you. So if I do die before you, please don't come to my funeral. And I'll do the same with you. You have nothing coming from me or mine. Just an FYI, I do have a will, and everything will be divided between my two children. And then he names my sisters and signs it. Uh, I found that one really petty. Like, I, I've inherited a little bit of money when my grandpa died. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's weird. It's kind of like blood money. Shit I don't want anyways. But it's, I mean, it's so petty. It's almost like he was trying to lure me back with money. And then, so that was 17. We don't see each other or speak until... My stepmom's mom passed away uh, fall 2019. And then all the, uh, and I mean, that was cordial. We were in each other's presence, shook each other's hands, didn't say anything uh, outside of hello and goodbye. But then that led into uh, just a few weeks ago when my, when my grandma passed away and I'll spare you the first couple of texts, uh, but after, uh, as I mentioned, after I left 
hospice. I went over to check on my cousin and grabbed a couple pictures off the wall and I made like 20 prints of one, like five or maybe 10 prints of, of another one. And bef- without asking any questions of uh, what my plans were, it just went straight to, to snapping off. Um, and I'm going to call the police. Um, you keep your greasy hands off of, uh, you, you have no right to put your greasy ass hands on a motherfucking thing. Just a couple of nasty texts. And then, so that was just a couple of weeks ago. So today I actually get, I get a text message first thing this morning or this afternoon. It said, I've been out of town since the 27th of August. I'll be returning on Monday. And if my pictures have not returned, I'm going to go to court and have you arrested for burglary. You are one low down, dirty bastard. This is why I can't stand you and I never in life want to see you. You're an opportunist who preys on the death of people. If my pictures are not where they are supposed to be, I will not stop until I see your ass charged. It's so laughable. I, no, nothing was burglared. And I actually already talked to the cops. And I don't know, I thought the cop, the cop said he was going to uh, let my dad know, like, because he, the cop asked me on the phone, he's like, can you just like make prints and give them back? I'm like, yeah, dude, that, that's my intent the whole time. They're at the print shop right now. Like, and then I had, uh, after, so before, the, after I talked to the cop, like my grandma's funeral was in there and I was, I ended up talking to uh, one of my cousins and he was just being fed some sob story from my dad. He's like, can, can you just maybe make a, make a copy and send the pictures back? I'm like, dude. Why ain't anybody fucking asking me any questions? Everybody's just trying to point fingers and say, like, I'm not ever going to have an opportunity to be in my grandma's house. Like, I'm not going to try to be around my dad. Yeah, grabbed a couple pictures, made some copies. I made copy, a bunch of copies for people. Like, what the fuck? Nobody asked me a thing. So, uh, you know, again, I ain't got no crystal ball. I don't know what the future holds. But, you know, my, my, my sons aren't aren't going to meet this dude anytime soon. And they become adults and, and they want to do that. That That's on them. But yeah, and, and I, it's not, I'm able to talk about this stuff. It does, it, it's weird because it's, it's a parent. You know, one of my parents and it's, it's not a great relationship and your, your parents can haunt you. Um, and it's just a matter of doing your absolute best to, to get through that perform some type of exorcism on yourself, I guess. But while I do think often about my dad, I mean, my parents, I mean, anybody I'm related to, ultimately, it's not, like, I'm not negatively affected. Like, I've been able to move on. Like, it's so petty. There's such deep psychological trauma within my dad that he's never acknowledged or even tried to deal with. Like, it's not, he just, like, hates my existence. And I don't know what he sees in me, but when anytime I hear, oh, y'all are just alike, or like, what the fuck are you talking? That's just somebody who most definitely doesn't know me. Like, there's, there's nothing, and there never has been. Like, I've always questioned everything. He thinks that, like, I'm disrespectful because I question. I'm always one to question what the fuck is going on. Like, hold on, fill me in on why we're doing this. And, you know, especially if you're a bad teacher, I could see how I could, I could kind of see why somebody could feel disrespected. 
um, at the same time, when you're a liar, a cheater, uh, a thief, a, a woman beater, you know, I've, I've been bawling on the phone with my mom, both of us just bawling, talking about how he used to knock her unconscious. Like, yes, my grandparents didn't want you around, dude. Like, oh, but yeah, just no accountability for anything in his life and uh, and, and old and, and, and aging and body failing him, man, like his life is falling apart. He's going through a divorce and I'm, I'm riding with my stepmom. Like how many, how many kids say that? Like they, they choose their step parent over their parent like, because you know what's going on. Like he's tripping on these pictures, but there's, there's, he took video of himself ripping up and burning family pictures. He took family heirlooms, things that belong to my stepmom, put it, things in a box, a bunch of glass and porcelain, a bunch of fragile things that were very important and sentimental to my stepmom and just threw this box out the window of his car and everything broke in it. And it's just, I, you know, it's things I got her in there too. It's things that she got from people who've passed. Like she's, so a lot of, a lot of memories just like physically shattered and it's a, he just likes to torment people. And I'm not the only person he writes these letters to. Like it's, it's just his, I don't know the way his brain works. It's just, it's, it's crossed. So I just wonder who, who we are to each other. Like who are, who our souls are to each other. Were we, were we, was, was I a, a bad father to him in a previous lifetime? Were we adversaries on a battlefield? Were two opposing generals? Uh, my army overtook his, you know, I, I, I don't understand. And I, and I wonder if my soul is maybe even a little bit older than his, been through some more and can actually see things for the way that they are in today's, you know, modern life, this life. But just uh, the anti-homosexual rhetoric and, and the language used and the, the, the way he just expresses himself is so, it's so childish and just, just off, just completely off. And I don't know, I, I find it interesting the just that I'm a piss poor excuse for a son, even though I've totally, you know, gone above and beyond and trying to make something work for a really long time. And, and apparently it was so easy for him to to walk out on multiple occasions that, you know, it just, it, it is what it is. And I, ha- and I had, when my stepmom's mom died last year, we had the car loaded up, the whole fam, wife and kids. Like, and like the week before that, we put our dog down and I tell my wife, you know, I've been thinking about calling my dad as we're driving through Saguaro National Park. And she's like, huh, okay. And then we're about to go to this funeral and she's like, yo, I got to tell you something. I'm like, all right, what, what up though? My wife says to me, you know, this happened on Facebook, like not that long ago. Um, she made some comment on something my sister posted and my dad commented on my wife's comment on Facebook saying uh, he can't wait to buy his one and only grandson all kinds of toys and, and whatnot for his birthday or Christmas or whatever it was. And I was just like, she told me that and I was like, what the fuck? She's like, should I have not told you? I'm like, nah, but like, it's it's just it's new it's new news so y'all stay here I'll go up to the funeral and, and come back so I went to that that was a hard drive 
just by myself, you never just emotional, just, you know, never know, you know, the way people are going to be at a funeral and just, you know, you grieve the way you grieve. So it was a little bit of a rough ride up there. Uh, not, not too bad, but you know, just, just mind on stuff. And I was by myself when I, you know, to me, that's, uh, we grieve together openly and together as a family. And for me to not have my immediate family, uh, with me on that one, I was just like, man, I got to make this ride by my damn self. This is preposterous. So it's just that kind of stuff. And he, and he thinks he, he can hurt people with his words. It's just like, dude, you have no, your life is falling apart, dude. You have no power or control over anyone or anything. None of your kids talk to you. Like, I don't know what type of relationship you have with the grandkids these days, but you're just, you're not safe to be around. Like, it's just completely an, a mentally unstable individual. I watched this dude. This is, this is the perspective of my dad. He, he looked at, at me. I think he was talking to me or I was there. But he's like, well, I shouldn't be have all these medical issues that I have. Like, I, I swear my mom was on drugs or something when, when I was a baby or when she was pregnant with me. Because I just, you know, like, what's this diabetes? Like, how did I end up with diabetes? Like, well, I mean, you drink six Mountain Dews a day and stuff the little hostess cupcakes, the little two-pack, little chocolate cupcake with the white filling with the white swirls on top. You know what I'm talking about. They got two per two uh two per pack. I seen you eat those in two bites. So, and you wonder why you're a diabetic. All you eat is fast food, the easy way. Like, so I I don't know, his perspective is strange. And I hope his soul can find just some type of some type of peace within, because boy, his next life is gonna gonna greet him with some stuff and but the the piss on your grandfather's grave part, like I shared all that with my mom, and then he tried to come on to my mom a few months later. My mom's like, "Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I read your bullshit on you want to piss on my dad's grave. Like, get the fuck. Like, I'm gonna send all this to your wife. Like, what what the fuck are you doing? My dad's just always just trying to be mischievous and and running around and just getting away with things and uh, like anything." bad in me comes from him. So I've fought <laughs> my whole life to to overcome and just be a better a better person, a better individual for for myself and for, for those around me to not inflict so much pain because it's it, it is. It's so much pain. It's generational pain. And he inherited pain from people who inherited pain. All right. So that's why like a, a part of my name change is like I got to change the fucking direction of a family and I'm not going to do it with this name. Like my my kids aren't going to carry your fucking name. It's you're, you're a psychopath. So that's it. I just wanted to share those letters and kind of some thoughts. Um, I hope that all made sense. I hope that puts uh, episode 48 in a little bit better perspective with the with the point two episode. But I'm going to go take a smoke break and come back and do an intro for this bad boy and, uh, and get this out there. So everybody be cool. Check on a vet and hug your loved ones. Shoot. Sure. 
mama sat me down a few years ago Said I'm sorry for the things that I used to do I said, Ma, it's okay, I still love you All the drinking got to be a bit much Who am I to even try and judge But that's life, the shit, it fucking gets rough Shit gets rough We're not the ones to be looking for answers Why did Uncle Mark have to die of cancer And bad people getting second chances Daddy, it was so hard to live without you That's why I broke down back in 92 But when you came around, I was so grateful I love you Taught me how to make the right choices Disregard all unnecessary voices And stay with the strength you need for rejoices God ain't here I break your heart with each and every single bar It's just too vulgar, boy, put your faith in God Sometimes I don't think God knows who we are Sometimes I'm afraid of my damn self Even more scared than Jerry, Allison's bell My kids will never feel the pain that I feel Oh hell no Try to live right but my brain is twisted I swear on everything I got some damn condition But I can't be diagnosed till I see a magician Dead and gone I'm the only one who can fit in my mold Mostly because all the pieces are fucking broke I hate myself and everything I've ever spoke Dear Michael, how the fuck you doing, man? Been a long time since you didn't want to be my dad. Didn't want to be my dad.